the next edition of Oh, See You Later. Oh, See You Later. That's right. Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 2, uh, which was titled The Model Home. The Model Home. Another great ep. And in the previous edition, we predicted that I would say, I would say, this is the best second episode. I agree. <laughs> I agree with my past self. You agree with your past self? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A solid episode. Uh, just. Yeah. I mean, before we dive too, we, before we delve into, you know, the ep too much, I would like to apologize for some of the strange noises you heard <laughs> previously when we were talking. The little small thunk, 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 and then the <laughs> one large thunk. <laughs> Uh, the small ones was my cat who decided as soon as we started recording that she needed to play with a pin on the hardwood floor. And the larger one was when I finally got sick of it and threw part of a Cadbury egg at her. Uh, did not hit her. She's fine. She's, she's fine, a little smug, but she fucking stopped, which is... What matters? So, thank you for, for your perseverance. Maybe one day we'll have a quiet home. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, let's let's just go ahead and, and jump right into this. Uh, this one, we kind of, it's very, well, obviously Ryan is the main character, but now you have Ryan, Seth, and uh, Marissa. Yeah, you get, you build on that dynamic with... And it also sort of builds on what we said, you know, in the previous episode, that it a lot of, like, Seth's, uh, like, uh, his outcastness is, like, self-imposed. Like, okay, Marissa likes a lot of the same shit as him, and that is horrifying to Seth. And it's something that I think, like, now as a person who is, like, almost grown... I, I look at that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, like, that's basically all teenagers. Like, they all essentially like the same things, but they don't want to admit it. Yeah, it's very much, I think, I think as perhaps a coping mechanism or just because of the situation Seth has kind of has in his head that he is, you know, a special snowflake. Not that that takes away from him, but he does. He definitely oh, has special up. snowflake syndrome. And so I, I love that scene in the car. I, I love that scene in the car where, because you just learn so much about all three of them where Ryan's kind of nodding his head to along to the, it's, it's a Rooney song. Um, and they are, and, and Marissa's like, Oh, like what kind of music do you like? And he's like, I, I don't know. I don't really listen to music, which is so interesting because I think, it's fucking weird. Well, I mean, but no, listen, but, like, from a cultural standpoint, the arts have always been attributed with wealth. The the the, the times of greatest renaissance, of greatest growth in... <laughs> but listen, but that's what I'm saying is, like, if your country is poor, the arts don't flourish. So, Ryan didn't have time to hang around listening. I don't know. Whatever. I Fuck mean, you. okay. <laughs> Ryan isn't living in, like, war-torn country. He's living in Chino. Like, they get LimeWire out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, do you think Ryan had a computer to download LimeWire? 
he had he probably had some sort of access. There are libraries, you know, sorts of stuff. Anyway, I just really like that scene, and then you know because then Marissa talks about how like what she's currently into is like pot unk and. Adam Brody has that great line, Avril Lavigne is not considered punk. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, like... Which is such a throwback. Do you remember when, like, oh, you have to sit yeah. there and remember, like, oh my gosh, Avril Lavigne was such a big deal. Such a big deal. And, like, just... I, and I think it's inter- It's also interesting, like, that she had the music that she did and, like, but, like, cultivated the image that she did because it's like, oh, these don't fit. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Which I, I'm just, like... I mean, it worked, clearly, from a marketing perspective. But I've just always been, like, huh. Like, that's, a uh, That's interesting. But, yeah. And so, uh... Seth and, and Marissa... I keep wanting to be, like, Adam and Misha. Or, like, Adam and Marissa. Or, like, <laughs> Seth and Misha. Like, I, I can't... Keep... Oh, I mean, you <laughs> see, I'm the opposite in that regard. Is that I don't think Adam Brody's real. It's just Seth Cohen. Just out in the world. <laughs> Listening to Death Cab for Cutie somewhere. But yeah, so they, they have this this common uh, taste in music. And and he's just like, oh no. And then later in the episode, they both are fans of Jack Carracks on the road. <laughs> which is interesting, but we can talk about that. Well, and it's like the other thing that I... And it also sort of like speaks to me on another level of it's like that like area in your teenage years... Where you think you're, like, the first person to ever discover anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, especially, it's like, like, oh, I love Jack Carr. Like, On the Road's my favorite book. And it's like, well, that's so standard. Like, that is, like, a hallmark of American literature. Yeah, it's, it's like being in high special. school and saying Catcher in the Rye is your yeah. favorite book. And it, it's sort of the same way that, like, the punk bands mentioned are, like, very, like, commercially successful ones. Yeah. Which just, like, makes me up. Because, like, I mean, we all go through that period. I yeah. did. Like, you know, but it's that you think that, like, you're so cool and, like, counterculture. And it's like, no, this is, this has reached regular culture. Like, yeah, if it's made it to new, I mean, this is not the underground punk scene in Seattle. Like, yeah, this no. is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, this, this is mainstream. Uh, which just makes me laugh. Also, so I'm going to back up a little bit and go on a bit of a tangent here, but what's Rooney up to? Oh! I didn't even, because, like, I knew that song in my heart, and I was like, and, and then when you, but, like, well, I they completely to, forgot about their, because I know they, yeah, They go to a on, concert, don't they, they? Yeah, they have a, the concert, but, I, like, I haven't heard the name Rooney in so long. Well, I loved it because the, the lead singer of Rooney was in The Princess Diaries. He played Michael Moskowitz. Oh, son of a bitch, that's <laughs> He's a, right. Isn't he a Coppola? No. I don't think he is. He's something. Well, he's the lead singer of Rooney. Maybe that's what I'm yeah, thinking Yeah, but I just, like, it, like, oh, God. I was just, like, he it just took me back. It's like, are they still together? Are they doing things? When did they break up otherwise? Um, their last single was in 2011. Oh, uh, this is looking bleak. <laughs> which was Holding On. Um, in On February... Oh, they're in the process of recording new material and will feature an entirely new lineup. What? <laughs> and they have a song that came out. 
Okay, so like this is <laughs> May sixteenth. We have a new Rooney album, <laughs> but it's not really like this is a Menudo situation. They just—it's all new guys. They just have the same name. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so Robert Schwartzman is the only one who's staying oh, he the same. Might be. I think he is a Coppola. I told you that. <laughs> I think he, yeah, he is. He's this is a short. This is yeah. He's this, Sophia's uh, cousin. Yeah, this is one of Talia Shire's kids. Yeah. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> That's so rare. <laughs> it is it is very rare. I will I will say that when as soon as you said it's a Coppola, I was like, oh no, there's no fucking way. Like Well fuck you, Caitlin. I was right. Suck it. You don't question a year. Don't question me on my Coppolas. <laughs> but you know about plutonium. Listen. But yeah, alright, so back to anyway. <laughs> Anyway, back to the OC. Yes. Um. Okay, get off of the Wikipedia page. Sorry. You're not gonna speak. You're just reading the personal life section. That's always the best part of a Wikipedia it is. page. I almost extensively and exclusively scroll down to the personal life. Oh, hands down. Because like, if I'm if I'm looking someone up on Wikipedia, I don't really care. I just want to know like who they fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, they were married before? Who are they married to? What happened? How long do they have children? Like, just very personal details. <laughs> I like to know. I like it. I always hate it when it's like someone who's like fairly well known, it's like a sentence. Yeah. It's like, God damn it, there has to be more dirt on you on the internet. Yeah, who's, who's, whose job is only to sit and edit the Wikipedia page? <laughs> I get that job. Yeah, I would totally, totally monitor do that. people's Wikipedia pages. Monitor it for nonsense. Um, but yeah, so no, the episode, the episode is great. Another amazing one-liner because Ryan gets into a fight again. Yeah, so that's what Luke is surrounded by. Like two of the best one-liners in the show. The first episode, he says, "Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the OC, bitch." Iconic. And then in the second one, he is the recipient of Ryan's line. Which is, you know what I like about rich kids? Nothing! nothing. And the nothing comes with a sucker punch. Which is incredible. And I like how authentic the reaction of Seth is that like 30 minutes later he's quoting that line. Because that's so true. As soon as like one of your friends says something funny, you're just like, oh man, remember when you were like, yeah! Yeah, yeah, like that's rad! Well, and then, like, as they're running away, he goes, that was awesome! <laughs> she's like, me. <laughs> Seth Cohen is just so excited that something has finally happened to him. Yeah, like, interesting things are happening. Yeah, I feel like it was just, like, him and his parents playing Scrabble a lot. Yeah, no, oh, hands down. It's him and his, his dad, his dad trying to play video games with him. Yeah. And I like, uh, and so, yeah, and then in this episode, we see, we do see some of the relationship between, like, Seth and his parents start to kind of uh, be explored, whereas, you know, Seth doesn't really understand why Ryan's leaving, and, and his parents are like, it's just happening, you have to deal with it, and then, like, Sandy does go up and try to talk to Seth, and Seth's trying to be covert and get, you know, Ryan out of there, but you can see there's, like, okay, we wanted to talk to you about this, and Seth's like, uh, no. 
Yeah, he's very, <laughs> the only child of overbearing parents, <laughs> which is a disastrous combination. Uh, but yeah, and it's always, and it's good that I always think, I also think that, uh, like, I really like Kirsten. I think Kirsten is fascinating. Yeah. And her own little, like, internal struggle with some, you know, with some of it of, like, should we keep Ryan? Should we not keep him? Because she, like, doesn't trust him on certain levels. But then she also is, like, very... Like, she doesn't like that, you know, his other option is, like, foster care, essentially. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's a shitty situation. Right. Exactly. And so, um, it's... Exactly. I think... And I think Kirsten is... We, we get a glimpse of her, because I think they're trying... I feel like on a lot of the relationships, she has to play bad cop to Sandy's good cop. I feel like Sandy is just... Yeah. He's, you know... And so we do see, like, those moments where she's, like, a mother, and she's like, how could a mother just abandon him? Or, or, or you know, what's going to happen to him? And then she also is so protective of Seth. That she's yeah. just very much... Just got that little helicopter. Yeah, that she's just, like, worried. <laughs> yeah, you know, her only baby is, um, what's happening? And then, yeah, so... Yeah, and then I also think, like, the stuff going on with Jimmy is fascinating with, you know, Joshua. 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 <laughs> He's so pretty, I want to cry. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, I don't know. For those of you who don't know, just... Just end it. No, no, Just no. Stop. Don't. Why do you want to alienate listeners so much? Um, they should know their friends. Basically, um, Tate Donovan was on uh, a couple episodes. Of, he had a character arc on Friends yep. as a love interest for Rachel and uh, Joshua. That was his name, and that's how she said it. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, Jennifer Aniston was engaged to him in real life. That's insane she met to Brad me. Pitt. That's insane to me. Yeah. She fucking upgraded. <laughs> oh, yeah. No offense to, 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 no, to no, no. Joshua. <laughs> but there's no... <laughs> there's there's no. no comparison for especially late 90s Brad Pitt. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Any time in the 90s Brad Pitt, like, true romance era. Oh, God. Oh, he's so pretty. True so romance. Pretty. Thelma and Louise get the... Oh, uh, so pretty. He's still pretty now. Oh, he's still pretty. He's aged very well. So well. So well. But yeah, no. Um, yeah. So you get his storyline. He owes a lot of people money. He's been stealing. <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> and he asks his ex girlfriend who he lives next to. Speaking of things that are weird, like the like, summer that breeze. Is so weird. Like who? Like how are people cool with it? Like. Like, how it is, is small, Ju- like, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, go ahead. Like, Julie, and I mean, like, I feel like Julie's not all the way cool with it, and, like, Sandy isn't really either, but it's like, no one at any point was like, come on, like, who was there first? That's what I want to know. Right. I want to know who was there first, and then who, who got there next, because that's it, that person needs to go to a counselor, quite <laughs> frankly. They need to let go of their youth. Well, 
Well, and, and it's just like in a small society that they're setting up like this. That this is a very like country club, close knit community. How is everyone in the community? How were they not talking about that? Like, how is yeah. that not a thing of like? I feel like that's all I would talk about. Like, who's next to like each other? It is because like Seth is like acutely aware of it. Yes. So, which is like a weird thing that like I wouldn't like. I would not, like, intrinsically know. Yeah, but this whole, like, when Jimmy asks for a hundred grand, like... In an MG model home with yeah, no one like, else around. He, it's so casual. Just the most casual, and it's like, I'm not sure about giving you five dollars. I gotta think about it. Because I'm like, I don't think I'll see this again. I know, and like, what is... I, exactly, and what is their relationship that, like... Like, you don't ask for $100,000 unless you're pretty sure you're going to get it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, which, I mean, yeah, like, Kirsten is, like, the richest person in Newport. But, like, even then, it's like, you don't ask, like, your your former lover for a hundred grand. Because that's just, that's crossing some lines. Yeah, they're... And, like, what is... And why couldn't he ask his parents? Because he comes from a wealthy family. Like, what about it? Could he not, like... Like, why did he have to go to her specifically? I feel like it has something to do with, like, the stigma and, like, not... I don't know, like, the social... Social stigma. So he's gonna go to a chick he used to bone who lives next door to him. I mean, I don't know. I It's it's also just wrong. and And the fact that Kirsten does it... And, like, first of all, it has that money to just casually be like... Oh, God, that is my dream. Hands down, I want $100,000. And and here's my thing. It's her... I, I fully support the idea that it's, like, her money and, and she can choose how she spends it. And, like, I don't think that she needed to ask Sandy's permission to, like, loan that money. But at the same time, I feel like you have a conversation with your husband you about it. You give him a heads up. Like... Just, you're just like, hey, listen, like, I had to give Jimmy some money. Like, he's going through some tough time, but, you know, it's like he'll pay me back. And, like, I, you know, just letting you know. And Sandy probably would have been like, oh, okay, like, cool. Sandy would have been like, well, I don't like it, but I get it. And, like, moved on with his life. Because, I mean, just, just God forbid, like, something happened or all of a sudden their finances aren't what they thought they were or whatever. There's a hundred... And, and there's $100,000 gone. And, like, yeah, Sandy like, has no idea. Sandy would definitely notice. Like, he does not come from money, so I mean, it's a little more like, oh, you know. Yeah. I think he, you, you definitely have a little bit more of the awareness that maybe Kirsten doesn't. That yeah. That's a lot. But, yeah, like... At least, though... Like, she didn't, like, call, like, the her advisor, like, specifically. Like, if he sees a statement, like, $100,000 to Jimmy, like, what the, where the fuck did this come from? How often has this happened? At least, though, I do like that um, Kirsten has a job, and that we get to see kind of, like, what her job is in this yeah, episode. Yeah, that, that she, yeah, that she's not just, like, living off of... Right, like, I mean, there is, again, you know, the undercurrent of nepotism, and, and just the fact that, you know, she does work for her father, and they do have, like, these multi-million dollar real estate ventures, but it is nice that at least she does do something. She designs model homes. She designs these, I mean, gorgeous models, and, and that she does work hard for her money because it, it makes I think it speaks to 
her relationship with Sandy. Because I think we know so much about Sandy's character is kind of like revealed right away. And so I think that I don't think he would have been comfortable with a woman who didn't work and just no. had that kind of massive yeah, amount of money. Yeah, like he, he wouldn't he would have felt like weird about it. Yeah. And like for sure. Because like that would be like a super weird situation. Yeah. It's just like a lot of money just sitting there and it's always been sitting there <laughs> just since we took advantage of some natives <laughs> yeah exactly we did we made some deals during the war yeah it's all hella shady and but knowing caleb is that it's probably not far off <laughs> <laughs> he's a bastard but yeah so uh, we have this model home which is, is unfinished, and so... And the, the, I think, like, having Ryan move in there is such a weird idea. First of all, it's a, an unfinished model home. Like, finished model homes don't have working plumbing. Yeah. Like, it, that's a thing. Toilets in model homes don't work. It's kind of like Seth's big idea is to have, like, Ryan perpetually camp which is which is only a step up of being homeless like he is still in a tent homelessness like he like yeah marissa brought toilet paper but where are they gonna use it it's like he's still staying in a tent he's still using kill yeah like it's still like which he lit all of those candles at once which is inadvisable. Like, what sort of weird romantic situation was he cooking? Like, okay, so here's what I think. So he's lighting all these candles and listening to the mixtape Marissa, Marissa got for him. I know where you're going and I can't he's believe you're ready to jerk it. <laughs> I knew before you even said that that's where you were going with that. Yes. You, you were like, oh, no, this is, this is down the road of Caitlin logic. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> but although he knows Seth is coming with the bus ticket. Yeah, but it's still weird that he creates this super romantic situation to hang out with his bro. Like, you know, he probably thought he could, not, he could you know, knock one out quick. He's 17. Like, that's what they, that's what boys do every, like, 10 minutes at that age. With all the candles... Well, that's just for ambiance because he's listening to the Marissa music. And Although, and he decided to be fancy. I love, again, we're talking about the music. I, music is such a big part of this show, though. Oh, it's I think, a huge part. I think that. Like, they, they made a bunch of CDs. I bought one of them. Oh my gosh, we need all of them. But, so of course. Should we go to Aviva right now? <laughs> Okay, guys, we'll be back in like 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. It takes way longer to get to It takes Aviva. like 40. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, no, they play one of my favorite songs, Hallelujah. I don't know which cover it is, but it's a great, really acoustic. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I don't know who, who did it either, but, no, it's a really good one. It's a great cover, and, and, uh, Ryan and Marissa. Okay, so, and also, Marissa, they're, like, sitting there, and, and, like, Marissa comes in, like, this song reminds me of you. It's like, like, this is a very romantic thing. She still has a boyfriend. There are lots of candles. (laughs) Something was like bound, and to. she straight up asks to stay the night, and she she adds afterwards like we can just talk, but like I feel like she'd be I feel like she's DTF, like if she I'm being honest, a ticket to the bone zone, because that's what that 
room was inviting. Hands down, you do not have a candlelit room with hallelujah playing <laughs> and, like, not have that be romantic. No, no, no. It's almost like a signal. It's almost like walk in, that's playing, candles lit. Oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah, you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Let me get undressed. You're like, any man I date, like, would know that. Like, that's just straight up. Oh, okay, cool. This is what's happening. This is the mating song. Yeah, it's like a a, a nonverbal agreement. Exactly. These are go signs. Yep. Thunderbirds are go. But um, she does. She has a boyfriend, and she. I mean, I think she's just a confused seventeen-year-old girl, which is fair. You can't fault her for that. Yeah, you know, she's been with Luke since fifth grade. The oh. Which and is he is not a great. Bleak. He yeah no he's not like great. He wears a puka shell necklace, <laughs> which is a warning, really. I also like how fixated uh, Seth's character Seth <laughs> Seth's character uh, Seth's character Seth uh, <laughs> is on the fact that he shaves his chest because I feel like now that's like way more common. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> He's a poker shell. We, we saw Adam Brody. We, we saw Seth and Ryan shirtless earlier in the episode. There's no chest. Yay! Hair. Like, there is no, not a single hair in sight, which, you know, take that as you will. But, I mean, you can't, as a hairless boy, you can't make fun of someone else for being hairless because they make it that way. Yeah. Like, just, maybe he a... doesn't really shave it because maybe he too is just a hairless young boy. It's <laughs> a really gross way it. to put it. <laughs> that... I'm not alright with what I said. I'd like to apologize. But yeah, basically, yeah. So we've we've kind of jumped around a lot, but we, we touched on the bit. But basically. Uh, so yeah, so you end the episode, so the episode ends with, uh, Well, the Luke, fire, we can mention the fire. Yeah, I feel like that's what we should talk about. Yeah, like, well, cause, and then Luke does, like, almost a good guy thing, so he, he, he comes over to beat up Ryan, and in the process of him and his water polo buddies, you know, cause when I think tough guys, I think water polo. Yeah. Him and his, his, his water polo bros come over to, like, beat up Ryan and tell him to stay away, stay away from Marissa. And inadvertently knock over all of those candles. Yeah. Just all of the candles go over. House goes up. But he takes Ryan out because he's not ready to commit a murder. (laughs) (laughs) But his water buddy friends are fine with that. They're like, let's just go. Leave him. Leave him. And it's like, oh, that is a red flag. Those little sociopaths. (laughs) That's straight up murder. That is... Murder, like oh, just not cool. And which okay, so about the whole like water polo thing, I need to go back to this. So he call, uh, Luke calls Seth and Ryan like queer gay. He does that like repeatedly. Water polo is widely accepted as the gayest sport you can play. <laughs> like it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out in speedos, like rubbing each other. <laughs> Like, how, how about we use some different words? <laughs> well, it's just, it, that's, that's one of the 
the things that ages this show because it is not like you cannot get away with that. It's so not, not even in a taunting way. It's so not, which is a good thing, but like it's just so anti PC that. Yeah. I don't think you can casually tease someone with. Oh, uh, I think you can. I think you still can. You like, know? I think it happens. Like, I think it's like, ugh. but like, I think it happens in like shows and movies from time to time. Like, it's not as like widely done anymore, but I think it's still like ever so often. They'll use like nicer term. Like, I think teasing still. <laughs> uh, just really sugarcoating that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely think there's still. Te- I just I think those particular words are less in vogue, if you will, as far as taunts go. Yeah, I mean, I would even say that those are those are pretty, especially for this time. Like for this time for. 13 years ago, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're already a little light. So it's like, it's already the seas are changing. Yeah. I get that. Um, but yeah, so they burn down the model home. The police are called and, uh, basically Ryan gets arrested and Luke actually like, yeah, doesn't let take, doesn't, uh, have Ryan take the fall alone, which shows pro I mean it's it's nice because again these characters are multidimensional they're not just those pretty 17 rich 17 year olds with artificial problems like you know what I mean like it would have been very easy to to write yeah, Luke like, as the bad guy like Chuck Bass wouldn't have done that yeah, yeah, yeah. well Chuck Bass is a highly problematic character I would want to say Bass. <laughs> one of the most problematic characters in the pilot episode of Gossip Girl he tries to rape Ginny like in the pilot you have an attempted rape yet you should be rooting for this character come on guys Come on. You're gonna get so much shit for that. I mean, you know what? Fucking bring it. <laughs> this is... <laughs> look at your life. Look at your choices. But yeah, no. And so, yeah, that's how... The, so the second episode ends with Ryan back in incarceration. Yeah. Ryan, <laughs> which is like... And this is this is like a weekend. It's it's a weekend. It's, a, it's, a, it's basically a weekend... It's a Friday, Holly Saturday, and Sunday. Has thrown a party every single night of. Like, Holly's parents don't love her. No, they don't. And how are they getting that much alcohol? I. I don't have an answer for you. I feel like there's just a liquor store that just sells it to underage kids. Yeah, just like a. It's a heavy markup, but I think. Yeah, and it's like also. They, at this point, they will never get the stink of weed out of the house before her parents come home. <laughs> like, it, they just, they should have burned Holly's house. It would have been better. Got the whole neighborhood, I know. Yeah. I also would argue that there's a lot of cocaine in the grout. I, I feel like any dogs in the yeah. house are going to have some serious issues. I hope there are no animals in that house. <laughs> I really do. That would bum me out. Because they have a lot of contact ties, and I don't think that's good for animals. I, I, don't. You know, also, I mean, I saw after I say this whole woe is the animals thing, it'd be really funny if, like, at one point during one of the parties, like, a five-year-old came, like, run out, like, what's all this noise? I'm just trying to sleep. That's so <laughs> fucked up. It's so dark. 
dark. Holly's been babysitting this whole time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know who we forgot to talk about? Shailene Woodley's in this episode. Yes! Baby. Shailene Woodley uh, plays Caitlin. Marissa's sis- younger sister. Mm-hmm. Very young. Yeah, very young. And, uh... The same acting skills we see in Secret Life of American Teenager. Yeah. She, and that's the thing, in more recent stuff, she's good. I, I enjoy I her performance. So. No? You don't enjoy any of her? I hate her- Secret Life of American Teenager so much. When I see her, I turn, like, I hulk out. Like, I just <laughs> blind rage. That's a show, like, my sisters watched it for way too long. And it was the fucking. Oh, I didn't make it through thing. a season, and I watch terrible television. You do. You watch the worst. But like, there's one. Oh God. Okay, so there's one episode. Uh, part of how I know this is because I watched the Soup for years, and they definitely covered this on that show. But the blonde. You remember the blonde cheerleader who's like super Christian? Yes. So she has sex with Ricky. Okay. Um, but then, then, like, right after they have sex, she finds out that her dad has been killed in an accident. And so she's like, I had great sex. I had great sex, and my dad died because of it. Oh, man. <laughs> and, like, it's, you're just like, oh, fucking kill me now. <laughs> but the movie she was in with George Clooney... I didn't watch it because... I can't I, remember what his name was. It was called The Descendant. That's right. That was good. And she was in something else recently that she was in. Oh, I know in. she was in um, the... Uh, oh, God. I don't care about the insurgent, whatever. No, 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 no. Oh, fuck. Why would I bring that up? No, she was in the uh, teenage drama Cancer. Uh, oh, that's right. She was the in... The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, okay. That's a strike against her. See, there's not a lot of positive. You're right. I feel like she was in something recently, though, that I enjoyed, and I had to, like, reevaluate my life. But, yeah, no, she was in this, which is weird. It's it's so weird to see things that are, like... Yeah, well, this show launched a lot of careers. Yeah, like, we're, we say that all the time. We do. We say it constantly. I have a few catchphrases. I'm, like, an action figure. Uh, but, yeah, it's... I guess it was the spectacular now I'm thinking of. Oh, I never saw that. I like that. It's got a uh, Miles Teller in it too. Yeah, but so does Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I never meet any of these people. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're gonna be like Kathy Griffin. You're just gonna have to like walk away from people when they see you. <laughs> yeah. No, straight up. I have a list of every bad thing an actor's ever done in my head, and I'm ready to use it against them at any time. But yeah. Watch out. Um, but no, I think this episode is good, and I think it, it kind of... I don't want to keep saying the same things. I don't want to be like, I think it really sets up the next episode nicely, because ideally that's what all television episodes... That's, yeah. that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's the, the perfect goal. <laughs> I'm not going to name drop those shows right now because someone's going to get mad at me. But those pieces of garbage that, like, either everything's already fixed and you're like, literally the season finale should have been now. How are we going to get eight more episodes? What is going to happen? How bad is it going to get? I just don't understand. Yeah, 
you know, props for them making a successful television program. All right, so I think that's going to be it for us today. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I want to talk very briefly about this with you. What the fuck is up with Marissa's hair? Because it's like, it's, am I like misremembering the bedhead trend? Because I I think you are. It's not bad because it's like weirdly teased. I would say hers is to an extreme because the CWW, I don't remember, was this still the WB when this was? No, this was Fox. This was Fox? This is on Fox. Oh, I thought it was. uh, Yeah, this was on Fox. This came on the same time as Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Um, Because she's on TV, I think it's to an, an iconic extreme. But no, I definitely remember like. Wanting the beach waved, tousled look, like putting this sea spray in your hair to yeah. make it look. I mean, I remember, but she hers just looks like a look, like it, it just is weirdly teased, and it. But it uh, looks like I, not I'm not condoning the 2000 bedhead uh, scene, but I, I definitely think I yeah. remember it. That and her cargo, her her oh, low slung cargo, and the. Paisley halter. And you know, I've seen so much of her lower stomach. Like I It's always out. It is always out. Like I just know like just see a lot of it. Like put it away. Can you get a shirt that fits? How are we gonna know she's the she's the love interest then? Yeah, we don't if we don't see the hip area. Yeah. Right just right above the vulva. And then I, I think it should also be said that we do get more of, of Seth Cohen being obsessed with Summer because he knows her birthday. Yeah, and like, okay, here's another thing. This is before, MySpace technically was out before this, but it wasn't like to a popular extreme. Yeah. So like, he found out her birthday in an almost pre-internet age. Yeah. And... Like, remembered it. It's enough to be like, oh no, that's on Wednesday. Like, automatically. Like, that's problematic. Like, yeah. come on, Seth. Although, Marissa did throw him a bone when she she told uh, Summer that, like, happy birthday from him. Yeah. Summer was like, ew. And she, she like, covered for it. Which, that was, that was cool. I, they're all on team do not hurt Seth. Yeah. Which I adore. Yeah, the only other thing that I find so weird is, like, Summer is her best friend, and she blows off her party to hang out with Ryan. Yeah, like, that's fucked up. Like, if I was Summer, I'd be so pissed. I don't care how drunk I am. Furious, yeah. Because that's the thing, like, I would be pissed as shit if you did that to me. And Summer definitely is more (laughs) self-centered. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. (laughs) attention to a word I said. No. Did you know that according to this episode that was Summer's birthday August 13th? No. Fun fact. Fun fact. So that was the Wednesday after this episode aired? I guess. I don't know. When did this air? I don't know. It aired in... I don't know. I don't think that's right. Whoever did that math, I think it's a little weird. Because it aired August 12th. So that's not right. Yeah, so it's not like, because this is like a Saturday, this is a Sunday, or maybe it's a Monday. I think it's a Monday. It's a Monday. 
Monday show? I think, well, no, not that it's a Monday show, but I think that this episode takes place on a Monday. Does that make no, sense? No, it takes place on a Sunday. No, because why would, because... Because Ryan is going to the foster care system on Monday when the office opens. Yeah, but he sneaks out the night before. He sneaks out on that Sunday night. Right. And so Sandy goes to wake him up to take him to foster care. Right, but... The but, night that he sneaks out is the night Marissa drives me to the model home. Yeah, which is Sunday night. Right. Which is... Oh, oh, okay, sorry. I was confusing which night. Yeah. Because uh, Holly's parties are all oh, consistent. Alright, so I think we, we're gonna we're gonna leave you with that. If there's something that we missed about this episode, you can totally tweet at us. I'm at Jameson Hudson. And I'm at Lala Caitlin. Oh, we'll see, see you later. later.